Um, maybe we'll start with that because I don't think um, uh, enough people really understand what you're doing. And it's fairly uh, fascinating. And a lot of the DAOs I work with, we talk to, uh, seem to be looking for something exactly like what you're doing. So why don't we start with that? But first, it's, it's avant-garde finance. It's also enzyme finance. Maybe if you could just start kind of explaining what are the differences between those two? Sure, I think uh, I'll take this one, Aaron. Um, so yeah, so um, this is Mona. I was uh, one of the founders of Enzyme back when it was called Melon. And really the vision that we had with Melon is to build um, an on-chain, decentralized on-chain asset management protocol. And um, a protocol is, you know, a set of procedure, operational procedures that uh, makes things work. You know, you have protocols around uh, you know, rules around how you get married, how you register a marriage, how you, um, a certificate, all of that kind of stuff. You have rules around how you drive, left side, right side, red light, green light, and where you have rules in finance. And that's what DeFi uh, was supposed to be all about. And that's certainly um, asset management is one of the activities in finance that is probably the most heavily regulated because there's the most amount of things that can go wrong. Um, and so um, this protocol was built to protect, uh, largely to protect investors and stakeholders against um, any possible uh, group of malicious or accidentally um, bad scenarios that could go wrong when managing the assets of other people or managing the assets of a community such as um, such as DAOs. And um, we've achieved that. Um, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, in more detail. Um, through through a range of uh, uh, ways like risk management policies, etc. Um, but we also were one of the first protocols, DeFi protocols in history to decentralize our governance. So we have a lot of firsthand practice at that. Um, and avant-garde finance, to your question, uh, was established after or just around the time of the decentralization of the enzyme protocol. Um, and uh, we actually took a, a back foot for a while after decentralizing the protocol. Uh, and after nearly six to 12 months of watching what would happen, um, realized that um, nobody was really um, taking much initiative to drive the development on Enzyme. There were lots of small things happening here and there, but no really drive or vision forward. So Avantgarde Finance um, decided to make an application to the DAO to become the lead developer. This was right in the midst of the bear market uh, when I think that the protocol made all-time lows. And we said, look, um, we know that the protocol is 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 like really, I think it was like two or three million dollar market cap at the time. But we really believe in this. Uh, some of us used to work for Melon. A lot of us are new, but we wanna, you know, we have a we have a strong vision of where DeFi is going, where asset management in DeFi is going, and what this space is going to look like. Actually, in many ways, we had a clearer vision of how things would look because we were very early the first time round, um, and we we put forward a three year plan to continue the development um, of the protocol and uh, and we've been evolving that and changing um, our roadmap very very rigorous, rigorously as the DeFi space is also changing very quickly as well so that's how the two are related we're one of the core developers to the protocol I guess the lead developer you could say um, we're two and a half years into that mandate so um, it will be time to to renew that agreement with the council um, in a few months Okay, and just so I understand, it was originally Mellon Finance. Um, 
the actually just Melon Protocol. <laughs> just Melon oh, Protocol. I'm sorry. Yeah. Melon Protocol. Excuse me. I remember the name uh, when I just started. Um, I guess a couple of years ago with Mel, and I was reading about Melon. It seemed quite interesting, but then it kind of fell off the radar. Maybe part of that was because you just rebranded, and our enzyme did. And what was the reason for the rebrand? I'm just curious. Yeah, uh, the reason for the rebrand was because uh, BNY Melon um, uh, were um, were uh, uh, kind of raising legal issues around trademark infringement, um, and we tried to fight it. And uh, to a, and to, you know, at a, at a certain point, it just started to become a little bit too expensive in a bear market to fight such a big giant. Uh, so we decided that rebranding would be. Uh, a quicker move uh, and a cheaper move, and uh, and that's why we did it. Um, I'd also say that um, the rebrand probably happened just before DeFi Summer came back. Um, so I think uh, I, I I don't know um, if you guys were in crypto at that time. I guess you were, but um, you know it was interesting during DeFi Winter. <laughs> we lost a lot of. Um, a lot of people just, you know, attention dropped out completely when the prices of the tokens were low. They were just no longer interested. So I think that's also another reason why the rebrands got missed a bit. Interesting. And um, the uh, the name, I guess, Avangard itself was that kind of to, to showcase that, you, that you're one of the primary, maybe the primary driver of, of kind of the strategy for Enzyme. So that's kind of the protocol, the the layer that you're building your solutions on top of, but you're not the only, I'm sure, but one of the, the primary drivers of kind of that development. Is that fair to say? No, actually, not a, uh, not at all, really. I think the the idea of um, the name Avantgarde is um, is really, um, you know, avant-gardists are known for developing experimental concepts, to being early, being a little bit quirky, a little bit different, a little bit revolutionary. Um, and I think that um, that's what we felt we were doing. You know, we were we started this project in 2016 before DeFi was a thing, was a term. Um, I think the only other DeFi protocols around at that time were Maker and um, and Augur, and then Zero X came shortly after. So um, I think from our perspective, we still think that um, we're doing the most interesting as far as asset management goes. I think we're probably at the forefront, the, the the forefront of that, and I think that we're probably uh, doing some of the most exciting and revolutionary stuff to ever hit the asset management industry. But that's being done exclusively on on top of Enzyme, is that right? Or well, it's being yeah. done on top of Enzyme, yes, but it's um, it's touching dozens of different protocols. You know, Aaron um, is one of our developers, and I'm sure he can expand on that. But it's probably the only asset management protocol that aggregates uh, all the other DeFi protocols into a single operating system such that you can build uh, composable strategies in um, with real-time you know PNL with real-time reporting with real-time risk management um, and you know rules that can be enforced with fees with shares um, and and you can use these different building blocks to do anything uh, that you want to build in asset management be that Dow Treasury um, be that uh, corporate treasury, be that um, funds, indexes, you name it. Yeah, I yeah. I saw the, so, yeah, I was going to say, maybe you could expand on that, Aaron, because I think it's a super interesting concept, kind of the operating system for for Dow Asset Management or Dow Treasury. So, yeah, maybe just kind of take that out a little bit more. Like the, yeah, definitely. More. And I think, um, you know, when I joined, it was 
my primary focus and like vision for the product was, you know, spinning up on chain hedge funds or, or that sort of thing. But I think it's really evolved into, you know, watching the, the way we can put together different protocols and build structured products, for example, um, like ribbon is a, is a great example of a, of a protocol that's built a, a product that fills a need and it's, it's the composition of a couple other protocols, right? Like they use opens options and Gnosis's auction mechanism and they've built a vault themselves. You can essentially do that or something similar within Enzyme, you know, because we haven't, or don't at the moment, but we will soon have an integration with open. Um, we, our vault infrastructure can manage the pricing of uh, deposits, the price of withdrawals, um, the fees that get, that get that accumulate to the protocol itself. Um, it's it's super extensible, um, and as you know, as we build out these integrations, which will be, um, you know, we we released probably eight integrations last year, and I would say, you know, we'll, we're on pace for many more than that this year, um, pending obviously audit space. But we we think we have a solution that will be sort of generalizable so that we'll be able to add protocols at a much faster rate going forward. So like you think about the way people are combining these building blocks out in the wild, if you don't have to deal with the vault infrastructure, it becomes much easier to build these sorts of products. So, you know, super excited about that. Maybe That's just to add to, maybe just to add to what Aaron said, I think infrastructure is like a really key word here. I think that um, you know, our goal, our vision has evolved towards being the operating system that powers uh, all asset management activities. And why would you why would you go for that? Why would you buy? Why would you build, you know, the next ribbon finance on Enzyme or the next uh, year vault on Enzyme? Because um, building and maintaining a protocol and keeping it secure is really hard work. And so this is literally all we do day in, day out. And um, if people are building products and building protocols and maintaining those protocols, um, you know, when I talk about maintenance, we're talking about every time Ethereum upgrades, every time a different chain upgrades, because now we're on Polygon as well, every time, um, you know, Balancer is already on V4, you know, so every time Balancer upgrades their contracts, we've got to adapt to that. Um, it's a ton of work and it's like, you know, it's a, it's a large size team that is required um, to keep up with the fast changes. So I think the idea is outsource your security, your maintenance and your infrastructure in asset management to Enzyme and then build your product and focus on your product. And you can white label Enzyme. You can, um, you can still keep your own kind of user journey, your own user flows, but you don't have to worry about all the stuff that's underneath. And um, I think that's especially important now with the shortage of Solidity developers around um, with the audit time time lags that you're having with high quality developers, I think that becomes more and more topical in this environment. And how scalable is that? I mean, it sounds fantastic. Um, and tying that together and, and actually um, just using your application or playing around with it, it's 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 incredibly powerful. Um, I love the UI, everything. But it's like you said, it's a tremendous amount of work. How easy it's, is it to scale? And and with so many new things popping up all the time in DeFi, you know, how do you manage that to kind of bring in, you know, cutting edge, let's say, uh, solutions within, within, uh, within Enzyme, um, but at the same time, making sure it, you know, fits in with your, with, with the entire, you know, uh, um, 
application and, and everything else that people would expect when they use when they use your solution? I, I think that's a great question. And I think that if you talk to me about, if you ask us what were our challenges for 2021, I think um, scaling with the speed of all the new DeFi protocols um, and scaling uh, and keeping up with that on an integration level um, was challenging. Um, but I think that um, with our new release, which is coming in February, um, we have, um, you know, it's a pretty major release for us. It's been almost about a year since we've had a major release like that. And back then the TVL and Enzyme was, was close to zero. So that release really had a huge impact. I think this release is um, of equivalent size of equivalent impact to that one. And it, um, it you know, some of those scalability issues have been considered. Um, and I think the biggest one is adding, pro adding DeFi protocols fast enough. So Erin touched on it a little bit, but I think um, in 2021, we were able to add about eight DeFi protocols in total. Um, and I think in Q1 alone this year, we'll probably be adding about a dozen. So that gives you kind of a sense for how fast we can move uh, once our new release or upcoming release Sulu is going to come out. And are there any plans to um, allow partners to do that integration for you? Or is that something you have to control yourself and do that integration? Uh, so yeah. so oh, you, you can talk about that, Erin, actually. That's a, more your domain. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, shared domain there. But um, it, so the Melon, Melon, sorry, Enzyme Technical Council uh, has, will, has and will continue to offer grants to people who want to build on top of enzymes. So that can be sort of any number of things, but, uh, you know, proposals could include absolutely building new integrations, building new adapters, um, building, for example, a, a superfluid adapter so that you can pay contractors potentially out of an enzyme vault, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, there is, uh, capacity and budget to help to fund teams that want to build on top of, uh, build things on top of, or expand the protocol, I would say. And, and maybe just and to add to that, I think we, you know, there have been a few examples of that in the last year. Uh, so we've had a lot of um, either companies or individuals um, make uh, grant applications to the council. Um, and like, for example, synthetics was a function of uh, a team um, out of Italy that made a proposal and we, um, the, the council, um, you know, supported that proposal and they did that integration pull together, which hasn't actually gone live, but it's just been audited, uh, was another one um, that, that uh, was a community integration. Uh, so yeah, I think where we could be better is probably um, documenting that process of, um, you know, doc doc uh, documenting examples of how to integrate uh, protocols on Enzyme a bit clearer. Um, and I think that's on our roadmap within the next months to have like, uh, to record a session with the developers uh, and work through some examples. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I would just think that, I mean, already you're putting out a lot of different, you know, adding a lot of protocols now, I think you said 12 uh, in Q1, is that correct? Um, but still, it just seems that this has opened up um, and more people know about it that would scale even faster. Although I'm sure even in those cases, there's still a lot of work that comes back to you and, and your team when that happens. But um, still, it just seems like a, a, a way to quickly, to quickly scale. By the way, I'm going to open this up to to questions very soon. So it's not just going to be me talking or me asking the questions. So just hang in there. Uh, just a few more, um, because I think it's a good transition maybe to you, Torun, because 
from 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 the coin chip perspective, V1 was all about payouts, uh, making it easier for uh, Gnosis safe users um, to manage their treasuries and to do that um, uh, efficiently, specifically paying contributors, full-time, part-time contributors. But V2 is more about asset management um, and other things as well. But sticking with asset management, what brought you to Enzyme and, and Avant-Garde Finance and how do you see them kind of fitting in the, the coin shift strategy moving forward? Sure. So, yeah. Hey, everyone. Like, I'm pretty excited to be here and listening uh, to Mona and Erin. So, it's great to be here. So, yeah, I think there are, like, sort of multiple ways to think about it. So, our focus from day one is, like, really solving the treasury management piece. And it can, it can it has, like, you know, and building, like, the UX around, you know, a lot of, lot of uh, multiple protocols. Because we believe, like, you know, there are, like, there is a way where, where like in the money is actually sitting so let's say today it's on no says and there are a lot more frameworks and then how we can make that experience of making that money uh to to be super useful when when somebody interacts with our dashboard so that is our major sort of vision right and with v1 uh we, we see this market where uh you need like a lot of you know spending requirements from the treasury side like how we can make that experience super seamless directly from the multisec and then Gnosis was like Gnosis was like the leading solution and still it is like the leading solution there. And I think we are growing pretty good in terms of spending and we are definitely coming up with uh, like more automations with uh, on the payroll side with uh, super fluid integration next month. And then those are the things I think uh, we have been doing on the spending side. So as you mentioned on the B2 side, one of the core part is the asset management piece. And when, when we see the asset management as like as, as it differs as per the organization, right? You might want to, you have this sort of governance and now you want to, let's say, strategize like this much of your tokens should be sitting in balancer pools or maybe you're spawning like a multisig, another sub sort of sub DAO and then they'll be taking care of your, you know, uh, treasury man asset management strategy, right? So for that particular action, uh, you need like a really good, you know, uh, process. How will you really sort of delegate those kind of functions or those kind of things to the underlying sub DAO or underlying sub committee. So one of the ways you can do it, like, you know, Gnosis Guild is also sort of building a lot of uh, composable, I would say, modules to really uh, having this thing, uh, like, you know, how you can define like the scope for certain actions or restrict certain things and uh, have like a delegation. But I would say like, you know, when I was sort of researching and we were researching around the uh, overall infrastructure that market has, I think uh, Enzyme was really, you know, uh, like really was on at the at the top. And why why I personally believe is basically as Aaron said, like it's a very sort of you know if you, if you see the architecture itself, it's a very uh, you know adapter based or an extensible sort of framework where you have this vault and this vault can be basically owned by a safe itself or maybe maybe this vault can be owned by a even this new uh, sort of governor uh, governor frameworks as well, right? And now you can have a lot of controls uh, and access controls within the vault. So how we see this from the CoinShift perspective is, okay, we have integrated like mass payout or super fluid integration on the spending side. But when we want to really talk about the asset management piece, uh, if we have, you know, certain vault, which can keep track of like real time risk tracking or, or having like a, you know, delegation in terms of really executing certain functions, which is only approved by DAO, 
having like a fail safe like modules right these are the things you need to develop yourself and this is not like pre built so from the ux perspective i think we can make lot of great uh, great things around that and we see like you know enzyme has come up with a like really uh, really really good solution in terms of building like the entire suit and the second part comes is like you know you can interact with the all the defi uh, sort of uh, protocols directly from the vault so imagine you have this gnosis safe where you just spawn like a enzyme sort of vault and from that vault you are just handling your entire asset management and one interesting idea like you know Aaron just uh, was talking is like uh, even let's say your asset management is behaving good and you can just stream those rewards maybe to the community treasury back right you can just do these kind of things directly from a vault like system so th that is something i think uh, i was like fascinated by and uh, i think that's why we, we believe like you know enzyme is at the cutting edge of building an on chain asset management I hope this helps. I love that description, Tarun. That's like such, uh, and also it's uh, very flattering to hear that coming from you because we're also huge fans of CoinShift when we were researching DAO treasury management tools for our own use case. Um, and I, I think like, you know, an example to really like help people visualize, um, you know, what, what Enzyme can help do for, for asset management as well from a user experience side, because we didn't talk about that before. Um, is let's take a like a very fairly simple strategy. Um, let's imagine that you were looking to earn yield on let's say USDC, and you deposit your USDC into Aave, and so now you're earning I think today maybe two and a half percent on your on your USDC, but you want to enhance that yield. So now you want to go to a curve pool maybe and deposit your AUSDC into the curve curve Aave pool. So now you're um, disconnecting from the Aave website your wallet and then you're going to curve pool you're depositing into the curve ave pool and then receiving an lp token but guess what there's another thing you can do now you can enhance those yields further by de depositing the curve lp token into convex so now you're going you're exiting that you're disconnecting again from your wallet you're going to a third website you're looking up for the ave pool on convex website and you're depositing the curve lp token there uh, and then finally you are now in the position you want you're maybe i don't know what eight to ten percent yield now on your dollars on your usdc um, but you've been through three wallet connections and disconnections you've been through three different websites and you have no idea in real time or historical <laughs> how much you've earned on that trade or earning on that trade and you have no way to tra track it historically so the idea on uh, the enzyme interface and the protocol is it's a single unified aggregated um you know, it's a, a single unified uh, interface where you can do all your act, uh, DeFi activities from one place. Um, behind the scenes, also the protocol is aggregating all the protocols. Uh, the, the Enzyme protocol is aggregating all the other DeFi protocols. And then because of the, again, this is like getting a bit more technical, so Aaron could probably talk more about, because of all the, uh, uh, you know, interactions that are happening from the Enzyme vault, we're running, I think it's now seven subgraphs underneath the protocol, which are uh, collecting events that are being emitted from every single vault on Enzyme, whether that's a trade on a DEX, whether that's uh, depositing into an LP uh, position or anything. And so because of that, we're able to generate real-time and historical reporting to a really professional uh, standard. Yeah, and I would just add, like in the scenario Mona just laid out, if you're doing it on behalf of a DAO, uh, each one of those transactions requires a multi-signature, right? So. You know, you've gone in and out of four websites, but it's probably taking you six days to, to sign all of those transactions. Um, whereas within an enzyme vault, 
um, you can allocate the USDC, assign a manager, so and then give that manager rules that they have to work within. So you can only interact with XYZ protocols and you can only hold, you know, ABC tokens. Um, but if the manager wanted to get into that position, instead of having to go to each of those websites and then collect signatures on each of those transactions, they just, you know, deposit into Aave, get the A tokens, uh, deposit into or get the LP tokens, deposit the convex, and earn the staking yield. So it just it becomes much easier, yeah. um, and you can be very precise about the, the risk limits that you put on the person who's interacting with all those protocols. It's a really uh, good point, Aaron. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, and I think it's really topical today, out of all days, because of, the, because of all the uh, kind of crypto Twitter uh, conversations around the last 24 hours and uh, how to manage DAO treasury responsibly. Um, and I think, you know, I think, um, you know, we got into this space certainly because we believe that, um, you know, it should be possible for um, us to build uh, a solid financial system without requiring financial intermediaries. And we don't need, uh, you know, we don't necessarily need to have the identities, although um, or to, in order to trust people because the protocols and the smart contract technology should be able to enforce that trust. Um, and uh, to see, you know, to see, um, so, so, you know, things like risk management policies, you know, I think, I think more education is required on that. I think, you know, uh, being able to delegate control trading permissions to a single member of your team whilst having full trust that they, you know, can't lose more than a maximum of 5% in trading slippage over a week. Or like Aaron said, they can't interact with more than one or two. Uh, for example, you could say they can only interact with yield farming protocols. Um, you know, you get these levels of security and trust which are embedded in the code and are fully transparent at all time to the community because the community can just click on that treasuries page and see at all time what are the positions it holds, uh, you know, what are the risk management policies enforced, who's the delegated trader, um, what is, um, you know, what were the last trades they did, how did they perform on those trades, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's going to become a topic um, that is um, more um, increasingly a bigger topic of focus uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, certainly timely, right, <laughs> with, with, with everything that's happened <laughs> this week. Uh, without a doubt, and it's one of the first things I thought of when, when this started to happen, just um, how early we are with, uh, with certainly with risk management on, on, on our on, on, on the treasuries themselves within DAOs. Um, what are some of that? You've already highlighted some quite clearly, but if I'm a DAO and let's say um, uh, we've started to use uh, Enzyme uh, to manage our treasury, I'm just a member of the DAO, I'm part of the community. What are the some What are some of the things that I can do now, if it's let's say implemented correctly, um, just to, to kind of help me understand exactly what's happening with the treasury, as opposed to what you typically see now within within DeFi, where you know that there isn't really a lot of um, uh, of transparency, or at least uh, to get that transparency, you really have to do a lot of let's say on chain, you know, almost investigation to understand what's happening. So, what would I see as a DAO member now that we've moved to Enzyme? So I think, you know, at a high level, you'd be able to see your performance history, the DAO's performance history, and today's, you know, like within like a few seconds time lag, you'll be able to see how the DAO has performed um, in terms of from the starting point. 
against any denomination currency. And uh, all of that data is backed with um, real-time, uh, sorry, with on-chain data. So it's, it's provable at any point in time. Um, I think that's the first thing at a very high level. You can see which positions are in a particular vault at all times. You can see, um, um, so I think that's like the high level stuff. You can see the volatility, sharp ratio, all the kind of typical investment metrics you'd want to see. At a more risk management level, um, you know, Erin already said it, but ma managing um, funds with a multi-sig is really difficult, right? So the ideal scenario would be, I'm sure, I mean, it would be interesting to do some research on how DAOs are actually in practice managing their treasury today um, because it's not easy, right? Like, you know, Paraswap transaction times out within two minutes. I, I rarely see a DAO push a transaction into, you know, in two minutes um, if it's, you know, if it's, if it's got more than a few members in it. So I think the idea here is um, you can delegate trading, and I think that's one of the most powerful things, um, tools for a DAO, you can delegate trading to one or two or more uh, addresses, but with the knowledge that you can program their risk management parameters. So you can program exactly what they are and aren't allowed to do. And you can even program things like, and today you ask what's available today, you can program the removal of those permissions if certain parameters or risk limits are breached. So for example, um, if it's just a yield strategy on USDC, you can say, okay, they're only allowed to trade USDC with protocols like Aave, Compound. Uh, they're, sorry, they're only allowed to lend on Aave, Compound, and deposit into Yearn and uh, maybe Idle strategies. Um, so that's already like, you know, they're not allowed to buy some small cap uh, token, which might go to zero, or they're not allowed to, um, you know, bet on the market direction. They're only allowed to, you know, uh, maybe move in and out of different yield opportunities and farm those opportunities. But another interesting thing is, let's say you did want them to be more actively managing the portfolio with long and short direction and all of that kind of stuff. You can actually say, okay, you're allowed to manage the portfolio in any way you like, or at least this portion of the portfolio you're allowed to manage. But if you have more than X percent of trading, um, of, of trading slippage in a seven-day rolling period, your trading permissions will be revoked by the DAO. So there's actually like, you actually have to not only perform well, but also execute really well. Otherwise, you know, the DAO has a, a pause button where they can say, okay, you lost 5%, for example, in, this, in the last seven days. Let's review your activities and see if that was warranted. And if they decide that it was warranted, maybe the, the, the tokens being traded were very illiquid, they might decide to resume the trading permissions. If not, they can uh, just... Um, you know, kick the guy out and and uh, give give permission for someone else to trade on behalf of the DAO instead. So those are just some examples, but I think that the point is that it's programmable. So if something doesn't exist today or you have a better idea, you can just code your own risk management policy and it's um, very modular. And what about just, um, um, let's open up the questions here, but maybe my last question before we do, because it's one thing, I guess, to go out and 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 talk about the benefits of, of Enzyme with an individual, um, perhaps a fund manager who wants to start to manage his fund through Enzyme, uh, which I know you enable. It's another thing just to kind of work through the, work through a DAO, the process of getting support and approval and getting them on board. I'm just kind of curious, what's the reception been uh, to the DAOs you're talking to about uh, moving their treasuries over to, to Enzyme? And just how, how does that process work and what are some of the, 
you know, the issues maybe they have about doing this. I'm just kind of curious because just from my experience, even when the, the technology is quite good, um, you know, the, just the overall kind of process of onboarding a DAO can be kind of slow and sometimes painful. But just what, what's been your experience and what's been the reaction when you have these discussions? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. I think, um, you know, kind of if we talk uh, in terms of just priority features, um, I think to, you know, some DAOs, by the way, have moved over to Enzyme. So that's the first thing. But the ones that haven't are typically um, uh, haven't for two reasons. Um, the one is um, we didn't have enough DeFi integrations. Uh, some of them are very, very aggressive with their treasury management strategy and need to plug into maybe twice the number of integrations that we have today. Um, so that feedback has been noted several months ago, and, and that's why Erin um, alluded to it, but going forward, we'll have a much more generic way to integrate uh, a DeFi protocol, which will enable us to move much, much faster. And the second thing is um, uh, a large problem, um, and I know you're aware of this because um, we've all talked about it in the past, but another problem that um, DAOs suffer from sometimes is they have this huge treasury in their own token, uh, but they can't easily, um, you know, uh, uh, access stable coins or um, or earn uh, a yield on that. So um, the 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 idea there is that people want to borrow against that um, or um, be able to um, include, you know, because we're at, um, or include that in the in the asset universe of Enzyme. So, um, you know, if a, if a large treasury, if we take Paraswap, for example, um, most of their treasury is in PSP tokens today. Um, if they were uh, to move over to Enzyme today, we don't support PSP because Chainlink doesn't have a price feed for PSP. Um, and so that's another kind of limitation today, which is that we're um, bounded by the asset universe of, of Chainlink. But it's, a, it's, again, something that we're very aware of and that we will be addressing in the months to come where um, we will basically have what we call internally a boundless asset universe where users can um, add anything from NFTs to small cap tokens to pre-ICOs to um, pretty much anything you can imagine. Um, and that's the, the, the next release we're working towards after Sulu. Yeah, I can see that on the one hand, the DAO would say, we need to do this, we need to do that. We're, we're also you know, in the avant-garde of investing. Um, so it makes perfect sense. On the other hand, I, I would I would think just probably 90% of these DAOs would be much better off if they would be a little bit more conservative about how they are investing. Probably that's how they can, can get into trouble. <laughs> yeah. uh, but okay, fair, fair point. You know, you need to you need to provide those features. So, um, Sukanshi, are there any questions now? I mean, I have quite a few more, but um, maybe it's better if someone else gets a chance to ask some, some questions. So maybe we can open up if, if anyone uh, would like to ask something to, to, to Mona or Aaron or, or Tarun. Yeah, like uh, you can send me the request. I can add you as a speaker. So, yeah. So we can continue, I think. If I'll get the request, uh, I'll add it in. Okay. Well, one thing, maybe this is just related to what you said about, um, you know, the DAOs, they have their own challenges. Um, <laughs> you mentioned one of native tokens and how to, how to kind of uh, diversify, but there's also this, this concept of best practices across DAOs. I think a lot of DAOs are looking for others to kind of help them. Um, how does Enzyme play there as well? It just seems to me that if a lot of people move over to you, that, we, that this kind of concept of 
this is best practice, if you will, that's starting to, to form around Dow Treasury management would be, I hope, more transparent. Um, is that something you've thought about kind of, you know, shared success stories, shared best practices across the users that you have on your platform? And, and is it a way to kind of facilitate that right now? That's a great question. Um, and to date, we haven't really done that sort of info sharing between users. And I think probably, you know, it depends user to user whether they want us to share best practices. But, you know, sort of to that end, we just brought on a new team member who's whose sole role is to sort of participate in DAO governance forums. So help to steer the conversation, uh, you know, and, and develop this set of best practices, um, you know, which doesn't exist at, at the moment. But I, I think that we're very aware that we're on the, the forefront of this and we want to be part of shaping the conversation. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's definitely in our heads and it's definitely something that we're taking steps to be more actively involved in. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I think that's it's one observation I've had. I'm not sure if, if others have it as well, that on the one hand, you know, DeFi is so uh, innovative and, and, and just, you know, everyone's always pushing the envelope, which is fantastic. But on the other hand, it just seems to me a lot of these DAOs, they are looking for some guidance on some things and, 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 and just defaulting into not putting their treasuries to use um, for whatever reason, maybe to get, to get the approval internally, not, you know, just not being sure what, what they should be doing and just having um, a little bit more structure within Enzyme or at least some sort of way for them to find out what others are doing. I Absolutely. Think that yeah. yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, Aaron, Aaron talked about um, a hire that we just made to focus on kind of um, the governance aspect and bringing that all together, etc. But uh, something he didn't mention is, uh, you know, we're, we, we are probably one of the oldest uh, DeFi DAOs in history. Um, and I think we, we also, are, <laughs> for better or worse, we're probably one of the older teams in DeFi. Where, um, so for, for lack of, uh, for, for the risk of saying, um, you know, um, something a bit kind of unfashionable now, I think we do think very deeply about risk management. We do think very deeply about um, risk, uh, you know, uh, you know, what this space can and should look like in the future. And, um, and I think one of the reasons we, um, we've actually recently decided to get into uh, treasury management uh, for DAOs, uh, give both giving advice and managing, offering to manage their assets is because a lot of DAOs that we spoke to just say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know I need to do something about my treasury, but um, I'm too busy building right now. And we just, I just don't have the bandwidth to think about it. And I think that uh, comment, which we heard repeatedly, is what um, what got Avantgarde uh, Finance excited about the fact, well, hey, we're kind of solving these problems for ourselves anyway, so we may as well help other people solve those problems. And we took a decision, I think, on the team, both Aaron and I probably have, Erin um, and I and a couple of other members of the team um, have some substantial TradFi experience. We think quite carefully about um, you know, structured products, risk management, um, you know, how to, how to, um, how to allocate a portfolio. And so we took the decision that Erin is actually going to be transitioning or is transitioning into an asset management role within Avantgarde Finance to help support, uh, DAOs with their treasury management support, to, um, to, with their treasury management strategy, whether that's more active or passive. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about that, Erin. Yeah, I'm helping people not screw it up is is the uh, is the goal um 
yeah, I mean, I think that there's a, a huge opportunity, like Mona said. Well, actually, to back up a little bit, I think that there are no best practices about, or that if there are best practices, they're very nascent about how decisions within a DAO are actually made. Um, so, you know, you, you navigate the discourse forums and then it goes to a snapshot vote and then, um, you know, some a change is implemented or not. Uh, but that's sort of, those are sort of murky waters already. And then you dip down a layer lower and say, all right, well, once, you know, we figure out how to actually make decisions in the first place, like, what are the decisions we should be making about uh, how to manage this big stack of uh, probably a liquid uh, tokens, or, you know, if they're stable coins, like, how do we best earn yield safely? And what, what is our exposure to other protocols, and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of a lot of thinking that can be done around the responsible way to manage these funds. And, you know, to your point earlier, I think uh, people either are haven't done anything or they've overcorrected and gone the wrong way and are in 30 different yield farming pro protocols and are leveraged to the teeth, you know, and earning rewards in six different tokens that they have to pull back to USDC or XYZ, you know, and cross a bridge to do it. Um, so I think that there, there are, I think that there will be this year an emerging set of best practices and I'm psyched to sort of help write those, write that book. Just like as a kind of anecdote, I think uh, someone really wise, somebody very experienced and successful in traditional finance once told me it's really easy, sorry, it's really hard to make money and it's very easy to lose it. And I feel, I feel like that's a lesson um, that, you know, a lot of DAOs haven't learned yet, at least, um, you know, DAOs is, is still a relatively new thing, or this emergence in DAOs is a very new thing. So I think hopefully, um, you know, hopefully, you know, I know it's a very boomer approach, like thinking about risk, thinking about valuation and things like that. But hopefully that experience counts for something. And I think we'll see um, more of a divergence between DAOs that think professionally and that want to be taken seriously and DAOs that are like, let's just capitalize on the moment and, you know, or, you know, we, we win and when we win, when we win and uh, we just exit when it's, uh, when it's over, it's over. When the party stops, we just exit. I think, you know, there's uh, the ones who think smartly about treasury management today will still be around in 10 years from now and will be the, the, you know, the sort of JP Morgans and Goldman's of DeFi. I think the ones that aren't careful um, probably won't survive uh, the next bear market. Yeah, it seems that there's a lot of, you know, uh, DeFi 2.0 talk and, and, and kind of almost belittling some of the traditional players. Um, but it seems like pendulum is maybe turned now a bit and uh, people are starting to realize that maybe maybe some of those, you know, boomer protocols uh, actually have, have some good ideas as well. Um, certainly around risk management. Again, uh, just some of the things that have happened recently. Um, but I think you're right. It's longevity, and 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 I think there's going to be a continued massive growth. But you have to survive, I guess, to to get to the um, to the end game. What about uh, questions? Any more? Uh, or any any questions from anyone else no, about any I, of this? I, I don't think so. Anyone wants to stop this conversation? <laughs> don't be shy. <laughs> <laughs> What, but um, like, yeah, like uh, there were like uh, I was uh, coming to the point like I was um, reading many proposals on treasuries. Like there were a lot of DAOs, Uniswap, and everyone. They were 
moving their treasuries to uh, these uh, stable coins and they were actually planning for uh, this PO market and everything but yeah they were just uh, you are right that they were just m uh, taking that uh, their um, profits and moving out, out out of it so yeah there too right because you ultimately want you know if you're a DAO that has a token well you're a DAO with a token you are betting on the success of your DAO so you want to stay long your token right it's just it's a matter of protecting yourself and being able to continue operations when that token is worth markedly less than it is today because in the long term you expect that token uh, yes. to be a winning investment exactly yeah we have one speaker so I think so yeah Oh, great. Uh, thanks for your um, um, talk today about the um, treasury management. Uh, I was wondering, since we um, have now, we are at the early beginnings of multi-chain uh, universe, I was wondering how you um, can uh, possibly uh, see Enzyme moving ahead with that uh, multi-chain realities. So, for example, helping to manage uh, Treasury, where you have assets across several chains, mostly uh, Ethereum compatible ones. Yeah, so we have a. Um, this is a good question, and um, I want to say that in twenty twenty and twenty twenty one, this is the most asked question in our Telegram group. Um, we just released a beta on Polygon in December, which is actually how we're testing Sulu, um, which will be the main mainnet release as well next month. Um, so we have, uh, that's sort of our first foray into the EVM compatible um, layer twos. Um, there is, we do run into a roadblock uh, in terms of like one enzyme vault on mainnet Ethereum can't control vaults on the individual side chain or individual layer twos. They are distinct entities. Now you could probably roll that all up into a single DAO government governance so that they're each into, like they're each reporting to governance on mainnet, for example. Um, but that's something we haven't um, so yeah, we haven't. Uh, so there is no way for a vault uh, natively to um, like yeah. You, if you if you have a vault on Ethereum, you're only always gonna that vault will always exist on Ethereum, and it can't uh, interact with an adapter on another chain. But something really exciting that's happening recently is um, we recently announced a partnership together with um, Celsius and Chainlink and Polygon. And Celsius are going to become together with these three partners. They're going to become the first player in providing cross-chain liquidity, um, and they're going to do this uh, with a combination of Enzyme, Polygon, and Chainlink. So the way that it's going to work, and there's, um, I think that their talk is either public on our. They just presented about this at our conference on Monday, so the talk should be online if not already now, uh, you know, very soon. But basically. Um, the way it works is that Celsius is going to provide a really cheap and a really easy interface for people to deposit assets from any chain, starting with three or four assets. Um, I think they're starting with Doge, ADA, um, and ETH. And they will give you back um, a wrapped token. Of, uh, a wrapped token um, on, so like if you're depositing ETH, for example, they'll give you 
uh, a polygon wrapped ETH, and then you can go and use that on Polygon. And you don't have to waste your time with the bridges, etc. And this is going to be totally frictionless, totally um, without fees, um, and it's going to be really easy to use. And then the way that Chainlink um, and Enzyme get involved is the underlying assets get de deposited into an Enzyme vault, and then Chainlink can read the different assets in the vault and then publish a proof of reserve to that chain so that anyone using that asset on a different chain um, has full read-through and transparency that that asset that they have, the wrapped asset that they have, is backed one for one with the asset because the, as the other asset is on-chain. Um, and, you know, Celsius can benefit in many cases as well because through the Enzyme Vault, they have the composability of Enzyme and DeFi in general, op opportunities to earn yield on the tokens that they're holding custody of. But they're doing it in such a um, transparent way to the community and with the help of Chainlink, they're able to broadcast that proof to other chains. Okay, so thank you. I mean, this is still um, limiting on uh, Mainnet and, and Polygon, you know, and uh, when I look at uh, uh, the asset time, I'm managing assets on four chains, and uh, it would have been just great if, um, um, you know, I could use uh, Enzyme as kind of an aggregator to manage all mm. these different assets. Yeah, I mean, that I think it will be a while <laughs> for, before anyone can do that in a decentralized way, but... Um, but I think that the steps that Celsius are taking is, uh, you know, it's still early days. And I think it's still quite early, frankly, for the entire space. But I think um, I think that we probably that the thing things do move very quickly in this space. And I think it's probably a year or two away before you can kind of have that um, interoperability um, and liquidity uh, transferable between one chain and another. Yeah, I would just point to Compound, um, who... I don't know if anyone's familiar with the, the initial gateway uh, specification, which is the initial um, multi-chain effort. And that was a very similar architecture to what Celsius are trying to do with um, with Enzyme, sorry. I know we work in the kitchen right next door. But, um, yeah, and they've just actually changed, moving from like a central hub uh, that has a central lending pool and then starports on any individual chain that sort of report back to this uh, central hub to just developing individual contracts for each chain and fragmenting liquidity because it's a very, I mean, they spent a year trying to, to work on this gateway thing and didn't quite get it um, and decided that it would be better to build on each chain individually and then figure out a way to, to loop liquidity back into the main star or the main hub. So people are working on this and I think that, you know, it's just a matter of being patient unfortunately. Okay, thanks. Any more questions? It's getting close to the end of the, the AMA. So if you have questions, please ask them now. While we're waiting, what about, what about Roadmap? You mentioned you have a new release coming out, um, but just throughout, maybe even looking a little bit longer term uh, to the end of the year, and what are some of the big, the big features you're gonna bring on that, that don't exist now uh, that you're pretty excited about? Yeah, so Sulu is our uh, focused right now, and that should be out um, in early Feb. Uh, so um, Sulu is going to bring um, a, a bunch of new features. Um, you know, like I said, we'll probably um, we'll probably release Sulu um, with some really big DeFi integrations in the same week. 
um, and then a lot more will follow in the months to come. Um, another, uh, a couple of the highlights from the features is um, fund managers or um, users in general in the past were paying gas for their own transactions rather than it being expensed to the vault. So going forward, they'll be able to expense gas to the vault um, uh, and you can share it amongst uh, your other investors. Um, another feature is that we will um, there be share transferability. So uh, currently, Vault token shares are not tra- non-transferable, but in future you'll have the option um, to to uh, to make them transferable. So in theory, you could deposit your Vault tokens into a Uniswap AMM pool or create any kind of AMM pool for them, or um, you know build any other uh, any other cool. Uh, use that functionality for for anything else um, that you want to use it for. Um, I think, um, yeah. So I'm just working off the top of my head. What other features am I missing now? Right? Um, currently, in the current release of Enzyme, if you withdraw from a vault, you get a pro rata slice of every asset that the vault holds. Oh, yeah. um, and in Sulu, you'll be able to withdraw a single asset that the manager defines ahead of time. So. USDC or ETH, for example. Um, yeah. Um, what else? Yeah. Then there's the Polygon deployment. So we're uh, releasing on Ethereum and Polygon mainnet uh, together at the same time. Um, and um, I think we, you know, we've definitely spent uh, time refactoring the code base too to help ease the gas costs on users. Um, and, um, yeah, there's a bunch of other features too, but I think those are probably the biggest highlights. And then beyond that, um, our next release, I think, um, will, will probably be targeted with, you know, we're still, uh, finalizing those details, but I think the release after that, what we do know is it, it will be called Eve. <laughs> so, um, it's, um, it's going to be, um, a lot more targeted, uh, towards DAOs. Um, and solving the problems that we talked about earlier that we've identified. So being able to hold um, less liquid assets, uh, assets without a chain link price feed. Um, and uh, also, um, so that's that's one of the key things. Um, but then also, you know, there are some functions, uh, some use, like some features and functions um, in, in Enzyme that DAOs wouldn't need. And so we can uh, strip them out of the code base um, in order to dramatically um, to reduce gas costs further for DAO Treasury users and make the whole experience feel a little bit lighter. So it's um, it's planned to be a DAO specific um, release, the one the one after this. That's all I can say right now. <laughs> no, that's 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 a lot. <laughs> that's, that's a big <laughs> already right there. Um, any any other questions? No, I think. Um... In total, maybe one to you then quickly, because we've talked about Enzyme and, and how it's just uh, you know, a fantastic way to manage assets. We have to bring it into CoinShift. What are your timelines for that? I know it's still a little bit early, um, but how do you see that evolving over 2022? That's a very good question. Uh, so I think like for us uh, right now, uh, our Q1 is highly focused on like releasing like the V1 like features on the spending part and really revamp- we are revamping our V2, uh, like entire infrastructure to build V2 where we can just you know have like a great support for uh, in a single organization you can just spawn any kind of vault 
and then which is like gnosis safe and you can just manage like the entire system so i think the key part will be there definitely asset management so you can expect something around q2 mid q2 but uh, i think before then uh, before that as well i think we are internally uh, our engineering team is internally really brainstorming like if we can you know uh, do any kind of sophisticated interaction with enzyme or other protocols where where maybe doing some integration with the wallet connect but at least have like the reporting angle and other things which coinshift provides today and maybe you know only supporting like certain protocols like enzyme and supporting certain methods so that users can easily interact so we're still brainstorming but uh, if we are really going to come up with very soon i think uh, we'll have like a very good experience uh, yeah we're super excited about that taruna we can't wait till you get there uh, and then you're ready to talk asset management because i think that is like literally um the win you know the 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 kind of the the killer product when you combine what you're building with what we're building it's the dow treasury like dream basically exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> and i think yeah it's it's a complete suit definitely and uh, yeah that's why it is i think taking time because figuring out a, like in you know, a very scalable way right uh, yeah it's 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 uh, i think it will take some time but i think uh, enzyme has done like a great job on on the protocol side and now it's our turn to how how we can enable that kind of easy sort of experience yeah okay well on that fairly positive note uh, i think that's going to end the ama uh, thanks for everyone for participating uh, especially thanks to Mona and Aaron for joining us. Uh, we did record the call. We will make it available. Uh, we'll, we'll have links on Twitter and, uh, and in our Discord. Um, yeah, so thank you all. Um, and uh, hope to uh, see you in a couple of weeks when we, when we have our next AMA. So, uh, and have so a great thanks. weekend. Thanks yeah. for having thanks. us. Great to see you. Yeah, this was great. It was a lot Good of luck. fun. Yeah. yeah. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. See you guys.